What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode eight of the Unite Asia podcast. My name is Riz. Before we get into the news, make sure that you're subscribing to our channel down below. Make sure you're clicking that bell, the notification bell, so you know what's up. The more that we get on this channel, the more people, the more subscribers, the more interactions, the more comments, the better it will be for our channel to be pushed out into searches and stuff like that so that more people are aware of this podcast and more people get to hear what this podcast is all about. Every week, we spend a lot of time, spend actually hours putting this together and the point of it is to really give and provide an opportunity for our guests to really talk about things that they care about. Why did they get into punk rock? Why did they get into hardcore? Not in the US, not in New York City, not in LA, not in London. We're talking about right here in Asia. So we get to hear their stories. It's stories that we don't often get to hear. So it's really important that you are helping us while we're helping our community as well. So make sure you click subscribe, make sure you click that notification bell so you can keep spreading the word about our channel all right so here we go for the news we've got a lot going on again one of the things that we've seen this week is nepali band void turned to message dropped a music video off their upcoming ep we'll talk more about that down below when we get to the unite asia's pick of the week Next, another Nepali band, our friends in band called Strangle, very NYHC-inspired band, has just dropped their brand new album. It's out. It's streaming. Go check it out. We've got another band from Taiwan called Dark Charbdis. I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's C-H-A-R-Y-B-D-I-S. That band from Taiwan, they just announced that they're going to release a new album. Next, we've got Envy, Japanese Screamo Legends. They've just announced that they're going to be releasing a live album, and I believe it comes out in November. They've got one song streaming right now on Bandcamp. Go check that out. Another Japanese band, our friends Palm, heavy, heavy hardcore band. This band is just all over the shop, man. They got blast beats for days. This band has just announced a two-song EP that's going to be coming out, so don't forget to check that out. And awesome riot girl inspired post-punk band called the vinyl record from india we've just been talking about them all week on both our instagram page and our main website they are a band from india and they've just announced that they'll be releasing a new album or a new ep by the end of this year so that's super exciting because the last album they released was probably three years ago maybe 2017 um it's streaming on our website the old album you should definitely check that out but how exciting that they're about to drop a new album by the end of the year. Last but not least, we want to thank all of you because we finally reached 10,000 Instagram followers. Um, so that's just an exciting thing because both Instagram and Facebook and any sort of social media we use, We've never put an advertisement out. We've never done any paid promotions or sponsored posts. It's all been word of mouth. That's the way I enjoy learning about things. I like to hear my friends talk about stuff and then I'll check it out. I hate when an advertisement pops up or a sponsored post pops up and it just kind of interferes with my daily whatever I'm doing with my life. So with United Asia, we've never done that. I've never paid for a post or a sponsored post. I've never done any of that type of promotional stuff. It's always been people who've been sharing the Facebook page or sharing the Instagram page or sharing the Twitter page, and then that spreads. So this week, suddenly we hit 10,000, which is amazing. It's a great feat for a, a small little 
independent website like ours. So it means a lot. Thank you to everybody that shares the website, shares Instagram, shares, shares the Facebook, shares the YouTube channel that we're doing now so that more and more people get to know. And that you're not forcing anyone. You're just like, hey, this is something that I'm into. I really support what this website's all about. Check it out if you've got time, if you like click the like button and stuff like that. So we really appreciate that. Thank you for helping us reach 10,000. All right, Unite Asia Picks of the Week. We've got quite a bit today. We got four to talk about. One, we mentioned earlier, Void turned to Message. Awesome Nepali band. It mixed like metallic and hardcore, all mixed together into their sound. The best part, though, is the vocalist, man. That vocalist rips it to shreds. Listen to his voice. There's just so much coming out of this human being. It just really was very moving to listen to him. And so because of this song, because of that particular recording and his vocal delivery, I'm super pumped to hear this EP, and hopefully I think the EP will be out by, by the end of this year. So go check that out for sure. Void turned a message from Nepal. The next one is SMZB, our Chinese punk rock legend. The band's been added since, I think, 1996. They've just released their brand new album. And what's exciting about this new album is not only that it's from a great band like SMZB, but what's exciting about this album is, and kind of sad, is that the Chinese edition of this album is has got four songs censored, and the album artwork is also censored. So what I would love for you all to do is definitely go check out the Bandcamp page and go support this band because they put a lot on the line, literally putting their safety on the line because they're, they're singing about things that are deemed really sensitive, especially right now with what everything that's going on in Hong Kong and Xinjiang and stuff like that. Go check out SMZB. Go support bands that are still about something, are still about challenging the system, challenge the situation that we're all in, right? They're not just singing about love and whatever. They're talking about actually important things. Go check out SMZB. Next, we've got this awesome Hong Kong band full of teenagers called All Blacks who've just released a ska version music video for uh, a rage song called Gorilla Radio. This video just blew me away, man. I mean, it just it's a band full of teenagers, very young. I think the drummer is maybe 14 or something like that. The vocalist is insane. She's super young. Definitely go check that out. It's organized by a production company in Hong Kong called Amu6 who helps um, inspire teenagers to fall in love with music. So they you know, do all sorts of like musical education, teaching them how to play their instruments, putting them in studios and recording them, putting a, a, a music video together. You got to go support it, man. It's amazing. It's run by a good friend called uh, Dr. Eggs is what I like to call him, his nickname, because he used to be a vocalist for an awesome band, very eclectic and uh, he as a vocalist, this guy is crazy on stage, so inspiring to watch. He gives it gives gives it his all. So he started this production company where he helps a bunch of like Hong Kong teenagers find their way to music, use it as an outlet or whatever it is. He's done doing great stuff as All Blacks is evidence of that. So go check out that music video, All Blacks. Last but not least, we've got Indonesian hardcore band called Final Attack who just released a hilarious quarantine video. I believe the guitarist even has his little girl, his daughter, playing on a plastic uh, uh, guitar as well on this quarantine video. It's one of the funniest ones I've seen. And it's great because the band just rules. The music is hard, hard his nails but the music video is hilarious so it's such a great mix go check all that stuff out
right, Reader's Pick of the Week. We've got three that people have been talking about. Void turned a message again, man. These guys have made it, man. They were in their news section of this. They were in our Unite Asia Picks of the Week, and now they're in the Reader's Pick of the Week as well. Void turned a message killing it you definitely got to go support this band if everyone is talking about it it's got to be good emotional hardcore band combative post from korea have released their album and people are stoked about it we did a massive review please read the review even the band was excited about the review that we put together definitely go read that our dude arthur is our unite asia reviewer and he does such a great job he really really gets in depth with songs he puts in references things that he thinks about things that pop into his head about the music that he's reviewing he does such an awesome job so combative posts have just released their second album called white out and bands and people all over the world are stoked on it go check that out roll fast an indonesian band this record that they released actually wasn't this week it was a couple weeks ago but this record they released is still on people's minds because it's such an eclectic mix of genres and styles so let me read what the label has said about this they said that they're a mix of edm music they've got some hip-hop in there some rock experimental jazz all mixed into their sounds. It's insane. It really is such a great record. So I'm stoked that a reader was like, hey, this was old, but I want to bring it back up because it really is such a great record. So go check that out. Roll Fast from Indonesia. Okay, this week's interview. Super excited that it's an amazing vocalist, Fuli, from a band called Retromist from Northeastern India. She gets into it. Oh my gosh, I am so happy that we're able to provide a platform for someone that is this outspoken and this vocal and a heart full of things that she just wants to express. So it's so rad to hear her story of how she got into hardcore punk rock in northeastern India. She also talks about racism. She talks about gender issues. She talks about a lot of really important things that as a human being, as a male, I often want to hear it helps enlighten me it helps educate me it helps me keep a little bit more open mind and show a lot more compassion that not everyone is as lucky as someone that lives in hong kong or lives in the u.s or lives in the in london people all over the world have their struggles and so she does a really amazing job articulating all that um in this interview so i really hope that you'll take the time to listen to it Check out her band after you've listened to it. She also mentioned some quite political and social issues in the Northeast. She dropped some ideas and thoughts about laws that have been passed that I hope that after you're listening to this podcast, you will go and Google it. So you will learn more about the plight of the people of Northeastern India. It really is quite educational. It's quite enlightening. I hope you do enjoy this podcast and hope you find something really important that you've learned from this, that you've taken from it, and that you're going to want to learn more about. Enjoy. You know what? Just fuck the system. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode eight of the Unite Asia podcast. Today's guest comes from northeastern India, so I'm super stoked because last week we did from Pakistan, and this time we've got India, but not just India, northeastern India. So this is super exciting. I've got my good friend. She's the vocalist of a band called Retromist. Her name is Fu Lee. Fu Lee, how are you doing? 
Hey, I'm doing fine, better. Uh, well, I got my examination coming up soon, but well, still got to do what I got to do. <laughs> <laughs> so how old are you? Well, I just, I'm going to turn 23 uh, this December. So I'm kind of old, getting old. <laughs> <laughs> you realize you're talking to a 43-year-old, right? So I've got a 20-year difference between you and me. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we're, I'm, I'll, you know, it won't be long before I join the same wagon. Right. But yeah, but here's, when it comes to, yeah, yeah, since we brought up the age thing, most of the people think I'm like 17 or 18 when I hit the stage and they don't know that I'm 20, 22. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, Fully, I'm so excited and I'm really thankful that you're willing to take the time to join uh, this conversation so we can learn a little bit more about your community, your scene, about yourself, um, and especially because I know that you have a lot to say. You have a lot of things that you put in, leave in your heart. So this will be a good opportunity for you to kind of just let it out, let the world know where you stand. Uh, yeah, well, first of all, the pleasure is all mine to be a part of this. And I really love Unite Asia and I really love what it's doing. So it's it's an honor for me to be a part of this. Uh, well, since um, should I be like starting with the background now? <laughs> <laughs> See, you know, the Unite Asia podcast so well, you know, you're going to go right into the background. So let's let's talk about this right fully, because I mean, a lot of people probably want to know in terms of northeastern India, and regular India, what is the difference between both places? Well, the difference, well, India is a really diverse country, so it's different in all parts of the country. But the most interesting thing that, uh, that I'm going to point out about Northeast is that, like, we live with different uh, ethnicity out here in this uh, place. Like, we have so many different tribes. Like, there's Naga, there's people like me, the Dimasa, then there's uh, Mizo, there's Tripuri, there's uh, Assamese, there's, uh, you know, Kuki, and so many other tribes that people don't know of, you know, that that's pretty interesting. If people ever want to know or come to explore Northeast, they'll be wowed to see the number of ethnicity that lives in this place. So that's that will be the first difference I would point out. But if it's going to be about music, then, well, it's my place, so maybe I'm prejudiced, but I think it's I, I love the scene in Northeast. <laughs> yeah, you were telling me before, too, that Northeastern has a very diverse music scene. Um, can you talk about a little bit more about what kind of bands are out there? Uh, here, here's the thing about Northeast. Like, yeah, well, well, you're right. Like, the scene out here is pretty variant. There are a lot of bands playing different kind of music, even starting from death metal to progressive to even Rye Girl. Like, there's literally a band, a Rye Girl band. Uh, it's called the vinyl records but the thing is that like it's specific to certain areas of northeast for example like in guwahati like we do have a lot of bands like uh, starting from death metal which is agnostic there's a band called agnostic and it's a death metal band and then there are also a lot of progressive bands like arsenic tyranian and uh, there was also a band called uh Chimatics, i think if i'm not wrong yeah like so it's, it's it's like that and while in the btc region there's the slam community that's ruling the place and then in uh in other places like Manipur, there's also a grindcore, a couple of grindcore bands and metal bands. Like that's where it's most prominent are there. So it's it's very it's pretty variant, but at the same time it's it's spread across you know in certain regions of Northeast India. Well, but I can say like what's the least uh, popular? Um, <laughs> what's, what's the least? <laughs> After punk, like punk really hasn't made its way. I mean, yeah, we do have the punk scene out there in Northeast, but it is not as big as the metal scene, that I can say. 
And don't you think that's like the case almost everywhere in the world? I mean, like if you think about regular India too, punk rock is not that big. Pakistan, punk is not that big. Hong Kong, punk is like basically non-existent. Maybe there's like three or four bands. It's very interesting. So in the Northeast, it's the same thing too, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's, it pretty much is everywhere. Well, maybe that's because people are digging towards the name, you know, digging towards the tag. The, oh, it's a brutal music. It's a deadly music. A lot of people can't take it. Maybe it's maybe that's the thing that makes metal really popular. And a lot of people don't consider punk that way because most of the people that know punk is from the, the, the you know, really popular pop punk bands like, you know, Green Day or Blink-182, etc., etc. So that's why they just move on to that kind of uh, mentality, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can imagine. If, if their only uh, reference to punk rock is Blink-182 and Green Day and they want to hear heavy stuff, that's not going to be what they want to hear at all. Now, yeah. Fully, let's talk about, like you already know, we're, we're going to go back into your history, right? We're going to find out how does someone in the northeast of India find their way to hardcore because your band, Retromiss, is such a great band, but we don't want to jump into that part. First, we want to talk about young Fully. I mean, you're already young, but younger Fully. How did you find your way to music? Did your family already listen to music? Did you already have music at home? What? How did you get your way to heavier music? Well, my story is pretty ordinary. It's the same as about any other girl gone to music. I was not. I was just a person who was just into studies and wanted to, you know, become successful, become rich, and make buy a huge house for my parents with a living with a fat wallet and this and that. So that was the only goal. So music was not really something I hoped to do for the rest of my life or for for a really long time or something that I would do as passionately as I'm doing right now. Uh, so, so when I first started out, when I was a kid, I would I wouldn't listen to one specific uh, kind of music or anything. I would listen to a you know mixture like whatever my uh, my brothers would bring from from metal to pop to uh, what's it called Bollywood to everything. It was a mixture. So because I never really paid you know uh, like serious attention to this and that. What the hell can can have it you know so. Uh, yeah. Oh, is it is it a blackout? Yeah, that happens here a lot. That happens in Pakistan a lot too. Mm, yeah, I'm guessing they don't really have this inverter thing, but it's okay. So. All right. So keep going. So you stopped at that. What your brothers were were showing you. Yeah. So yeah, I would just uh, I would just take in everything my brothers would bring from. Uh, you know, metal to pop, etc., etc. But if we're gonna specifically talk about the heavy music, so it started out with those bands, uh, that the gateway bands, you know, the typical gateway, gateway bands like the uh, Lamb of God or Slipknot or Silver Bottom or Pantera or all those kind of sound, uh, bands, even Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin, those were the bands. I wouldn't listen to the bands, okay? It, was, it would just be a couple of songs, you know, that comes in a CD, you know, mixed with other songs. So that's how I came across heavy music. I didn't like it at first, but you know, it just grew on me with, you know, with time. And then I became a fan of it. Like, like I would, I would love it, but not entirely, you know, as dedicated as I am right now. It just happened uh, very recently, you know, when I was in uh, college that I met, when I met my guitarist, that I started taking it seriously. And when it comes to hardcore, it's uh, well, well, I got into the hardcore scene or the punk, should I say, the punk scene very recently. It was after 2017. Uh, well, and after that, there was no looking back. I started adopting the ideology 
because that's what I, what, what I like the genre for, you know, the ideologies, whatever they stood for, the ethos of the punk music, that I really like that. So I've been adopting it and I we've organized a couple of DIY shows, this and that. So yeah, that's how it is. Wow. Th- thank you for that amazing summary. <laughs> but I'm going to we're going to we're going to start taking that apart a little bit. Now, you said a lot of really cool things. So your brothers were the ones that were kind of showing you all of these great bands. And that's so cool that you had family that were showing you all this stuff. But the interesting thing, hopefully everyone heard it, is what you said. You're like, I actually wasn't a fan of it first. So can you talk about what was it that you did not like about it first? Well, I, I think it's the same as about every other person who's not really a metal fan. Well, I used to find it hard to, you know, understand the lyrics and vocals. Like, usually when you listen to pop songs, you kind of listen to the vocals. Suppose it goes like, so it's going to be forever. So you hear the words and then you can, you know, hum it in the bathroom or your bedroom or somewhere. But that was not the case with metal music. So I guess that was the reason why I didn't really like it at first, because it was kind of loud. But then I got into it because of the music. The music was really, like, no one can deny this. Music, heavy music is really cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's interesting. That's a great way to, uh, to say it. Like, I mean, a lot of people, even my own daughter right now, like, when she listens to heavy music, it's too loud for her. She can't hear the lyrics. She doesn't understand what the singers are singing. So when you were, I think you said that you were probably in college when suddenly it started to make sense to you. Not hardcore punk rock yet. You're talking about just metal, the gateway band started to make sense to you. And what was the reason that it started to make sense to you, though? Well, I did. I well, I grew. No, no. Well, here's a little bit of confusion. Well, I got into metal music even before that. Like the the, the time when I got into punk music, that was when I was in college. Oh, but gotcha. I grew, I grew into metal music even before that. Like not de- uh, like not dedicating myself to the music, but I would like it. Like I was a fan of it. So, uh, well, if if you were gonna still ask the reason, then it would be. It, it was just the music. I still did not pay attention to the lyrics. It was just the music. For example, I would say one of the bands that I really liked for the music was Pantera. Like, there's this song called Cowboys from Hell, right? <laughs> So those kind of yep. music that kind of you know, caught on to me, and that's how I got into metal music. But it was not the lyrics, so that's one of the reasons why maybe I didn't really uh, get into heavy music right away. Right. I mean, I, I agree with you 100%. Even when I was a kid, I never listened to the lyrics. I mean, I have all these records back here, like all, all of my like old childhood favorite bands. And seriously, maybe I only looked at the lyrics maybe a couple of years ago. Because <laughs> when I grew up, I was like, I, I don't know about you, but for me, the, the music was like a soundtrack. It was like a soundtrack to like a lot of like trauma, a lot of hard uh, feelings that I had growing up in a very traditional Pakistani family and dealing with my family and dealing with school and de- dealing with life in general, that heavy music was loud enough that it was my escape. It was my escape. And that's all I cared about was the music. I didn't care about the lyrics until much later when I heard about hardcore bands and punk rock bands. So for you, was it similar? Was like was heavy music some sort of escape or did it bring you some sort of comfort or something? It's going to sound funny, but I just I just... I just thought it, it makes me cool. <laughs> That's why I listened to it. <laughs> well, maybe as an escape too. I never really gave a thought to it. I just liked it. I just 
I just like I just thought that it made me feel you know better like it, it made me feel cooler you know I had a really low self-esteem growing up so listening to the, that kind of music kind of made me feel like I was better in my own way I was you know like uh, it gave me confidence I would say Right, and that's so cool. And you're right. I mean, like that's a that's the power of this type of heavy music. It's like this secret thing that we have that we that we love so much. And it, for us, we're like, you have no idea, right? Like the outside world, you have no idea what you're listening to. What I'm listening to is incredible, right? And and you're right. It does give you some sort of confidence. Like you feel like you're cooler than everybody else. But of course, you know that I'm all about hardcore and punk rock. I love metal. I mean, this whole wall back here is pretty much all full of metal. But hardcore and punk rock is the, is my love. It's my passion. So I can't wait fully for you to start talking about when you were finally in college and you already been listening to Lamb of God, you've heard Black Sabbath, you liked Iron Maiden and all that stuff. Musically, it was great. But you said the first time you heard hardcore and punk rock and learned that you're like, oh, there's so much more to heavy music. Please tell us how you got into hardcore. Well, yeah. Uh, well, I, I got introduced to hardcore music too because of my guitarist. She would listen to a couple of bands like uh, Code Orange and this and that. So I got into the music, but I, I uh, yeah, I just listened to it for the sake of it, but I didn't really, uh, you know, dig into it. I, I didn't really like it as much as I like it now. Uh, it happens after I started uh, listening to Crash, like, and Ostwarden. Uh It was not just listening, it was a little bit of research too. I was uh, looking, checking the lyrics for this uh, song called uh, Bike Lille and Bata Model and all those songs from Crash, and then even the song called uh, The Second Rape from Ostwarden. <laughs> I read the lyrics and I was like really wowed like there are bands that sing about stuff that really matters that don't that people don't really talk about that that, it, that the stuff that could get them in jail but and something that people shy away from so that really wowed me and that's how I really got into hardcore and like I said before after that there was no looking back I was totally into it like like you like it's like it's like a deep ocean you know you keep on diving and you see more like more diverse species more you know something that you get ostrich uh ostrich we did all those kind of things it was exactly like that like an ocean that's such a cool way to say it so crass was the band that really got you and i like how you said that it was the music was kind of cool you're like yeah great the music is great but it's, it's the lyrics when you opened up the lyrics you started reading the lyrics you're like your brain was like what People sing about this type of stuff, and that's I think that was my experience too when I first heard hardcore bands. I was like, the music was okay. I was a metalhead, so I didn't really like punk rock at all because I was like, it's all power chords. But you're right. When I first read the lyrics, I was like, oh my gosh, I I relate to these lyrics. This sounds like they're singing about me and my life. I guess that's uh, I, I don't know if I'm wrong, but I I kind of feel like that's the story with most of the people who are into hardcore and punk music. Like they they like the genre not for the music uh, solely. They like it for the lyrics and for the stuff they stand for. You know, for the stuff they speak about through their songs. I I think that is the reason. Otherwise, if we're gonna talk about it musically, like the punk music don't are not as complex as other genres of metal. You know, it's very minimalistic. And a lot of time, that's one of the reason why. You know, punk people or punk musicians get mocked at by, you know, metal musicians, a couple of metal musicians, not all of them, 
So maybe that that could be the reason. So it's just all about ideology, not about the complex music, this and shredding stuff. But you're right. I mean, I think the minimalistic approach to hardcore punk rock has a purpose, right? There's a purpose to it because they're saying the lyrics are so important. There's like it's almost like a sense of emergency. And so we can't waste it like twiddling on our guitars or like this effect, that effect, that layer, that layer. They're like, no, I need you to listen to this now and I need you to change right now. So it's straight and direct and they plug right into an amp and go. It's it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. That's why I like hardcore music now. <laughs> so let's go a little bit further then. So you so you got into Crass, Osrotten, and you you're said your guitarist right now helped you kind of find your way into this. So you read the lyrics. What is the next thing you do to learn more about hardcore? Were you like, I need to know more about this? Yeah, and I started, uh, you know, checking, listening to all the other bands and reading the lyrics and reading about uh, the stuff that, uh, you know, punk people stand for, like the Shred Edge, uh, the veganism and all those things. And th- that was really inspiring. I, for, for me, when I first got into the scene, I'm a newbie, so I thought like most of the people were all about substance and, you know, like the brutal stuff that they show, show with death metal and stuff. But getting into that music made me realize that there are musicians who really have that compassion. And I'm telling you, compassion is really one of the best, you know, one of the most needed feeling in this world. And you don't really have to be, you know, I'm I can beat up this, I can beat up that, you know, to be cool. So those are the cool musicians that I really look for, like look up to. That's great. I mean, that that's exactly, I mean, you, you and I are speaking the same language. That to me is like the beauty of hardcore and punk rock too. It's, uh, it's about bringing people together who are already interested in what's going on in the world, who, is already, who are already interested in what's going on in their community and are already the type of people like, how can I help that person? How can I help that person? And they're like, oh, I can use music to talk about racism. I could talk, I use music to talk about LGBTQ rights. I could talk, use music to talk about sexism and gender issues. And that's the beauty of this music, right? Yes, exactly. Okay, so uh, so you've got into then reading more, learning more about the lyrics, learning more about the ideology and the ethos, and then you said that once you got into it, like it's been no turning back. So with Retro Mist, you started in 2017, right? September, uh, it was 2017, November 4th. <laughs> I remember the date. <laughs> you remember the date. Now, before you got into the band, because before we get into Retro Miss, I, I still want to know, you, you told us about how you got into music, how you got into heavy music from your brothers, then how you started to find your way to hardcore and punk rock. But by 2017, had you started playing music yet? No, no, definitely not. It's weird because... None of us had an intent, like none of us, none of the members had an intention to become musicians. My, my guitarist already started playing guitar, but she never really thought of forming a band or being a, a real guitarist. Same thing with me. I never thought I'd be a vocalist. I mean, I did try singing when I was a kid, but they were, they were all clean. I started screaming in the year 2018. So it just happened as a hobby. And, didn't, and we just started, got, like, we just started uh, getting serious about it, just just like that, just like that, you know, with a hobby. I, I seriously don't know. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> because I mean, I think it's always interesting. A lot of guys find their way to bands all the time, and unfortunately, not a lot of females find their way. I mean, sorry, I, there there are a lot of females that play bands, of course, but I don't find a lot of females find their way to heavy music and start wanting to play in heavy music. So, with you going to college, what was like the little catalyst or the spark where you're like, hey, maybe we could try to play in a band? It's not going to sound pleasant. That's all I can say for a lot of people because. Uh, like I said, I wasn't really into the music or the like. I wasn't into anything. I was just into studies. So like the catalyst was just a revenge story. Like there was just a couple of people, a couple of my friends who were musicians, who were like the typical musicians, you know, who were like, yeah, I can do this, I can play this and that. I'm really good. So I was kind of, I I was kind of not jealous, but I I wanted to get a revenge on them, you know, like okay, you guys are doing that. Maybe I can do better than you, you know? So that was just a catalyst, you know? I didn't really have an ulterior motive that I was going to speak about the politics or speak about racism out here or speak about feminism or agrol. I I didn't have that, that kind of ulterior motive. It developed later on. The, but the first thing that started the band was just a revenge story against a couple of my friends <laughs> who were showing up <laughs> than me. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like the beginning of a hardcore band, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> so do you remember the conversation that you and your guitarist had or or maybe let's go back a little bit more in your community do you have a lot of females involved in heavy bands no actually uh i would say there are i mean when we first started off it was just me and my guitarist like maybe because my circle wasn't really big maybe i didn't know there were other people too so it was just her and me but as we grew, uh, you know, together as a band and started when people started finding out about us, so that's when I realized that there are people who are listeners, not necessarily musicians who hit the stage and are active in the scene, but they are there as listeners, I could say, if that counts. Yeah, of course, that definitely counts. I think that's amazing that after your band started, you were starting to notice that like hidden around your community, there are females that actually enjoy this music. That's a great thing. And, I, and I've had this conversation with other female guests on the stage on United Asia podcast too, that once they saw people on stage that looked like them, that could sound like them, that could play music like they were playing, it showed representation and gave them enough courage to be like, oh, I'm going to try that too. So it sounds like you are that person, right? You and your guitars are those people that are going to inspire others, hopefully. I don't know. It's kind of embarrassing to to admit to that. Like, <laughs> would I sound like an arrogant bastard if I admit to that? But but I, yeah, I, I do have some other people who I look up to like that, that encourage me to be on stage and to be very vocal about things. Well, there are a couple of people. Oh, good. So when you were when you were starting, um, I think you actually told me when you first started Retro Mist, you weren't a hardcore metal band in the beginning, right? What kind? Of, what when you first started? What was your journey? Retro Mist was a mess in the beginning. Like it, it's it always is. We were just a bunch of kids who were very spontaneous, very spontaneous. Like I said, in just a small span of time, just a matter of months, just a month or a couple of months. It was just in that span of time we changed from. It was supposed to be rock. We changed from rock to doom metal, <laughs> to sludge, to this fast-paced music or whatever uh, stuff we're playing right now. I can't really call it hardcore specifically because we don't really fit in that box. But that's that's the development from rock to doom to sludge to whatever we're playing right now. 
think I feel like the whole journey is so funny that you went from rock to doom metal to sludge to whatever you are playing now, which is which is great. Uh, uh, it's so funny that that you were just trying to find your sound. So after you went through all these different styles and genres, why did you guys settle on what you're doing now? Well, like I said, it's because of this stuff that uh, the that punk music sings about, sing about, like about the musical uh, styles. It's all uh, it's all based on the interest and the musical taste of all the other musicians. But if we're gonna talk about the ideology and stuff that we sing about, it's all because of you know, because how we got influenced by those uh, punk bands, you know, the stuff that they sing about, like, it's really inspiring. So that's why we settled on this. Like, we want to talk about stuff that really matters. And we want to put it out in the world, because a lot of people don't talk about, like, the politics that's going on in Northeast. I mean, it's kind of neglected in a way. Um, I, I'm not sure if you know this person, there's this person called Lather. So uh, we kind of uh, like, he's one of the first people that I met that listen to the same kind of music. <laughs> So we uh, started jamming with him and that's how when we started experimenting uh, experimenting and settle on that kind of sound. So he's this drummer of this band called Cypher Like For Me. And was he the drummer at the time? Uh, he was not really a permanent drummer. He was just helping us out because... Yeah, that's where the part comes in. He was just helping us out because a lot of people wouldn't take women musicians seriously. They would just, yeah, half of them would just, uh, you know, come to jam with us because they want to date one of us or half of them would never even want to jam with us because they don't really take us seriously because they think we suck. And maybe we did, but he was just one of those people who helped us out in the beginning. So yeah, even though he's in the, he doesn't jam with us anymore, but he is still a part of our, you know, he's still a part of us. Yeah, and I want to thank him too. Good for you, man. That's a that's a great thing to do to reach out and help out people. So when you first started, it was just you two, and when you were looking for other members, you guys got a lot of uh, pushback. Yeah, though. yeah, it was pretty tough. It it really is very tough for women to start off out here. I don't know, maybe things might change now, but when we first started, like there was there was nobody who wanted to jam with us because because maybe we did suck, but like nobody really you know, even wanted to give a try to jam with us or to, you know, make it work with us. So it was really tough. It was really, really tough. It wasn't until late 2018 or 2019 that we had, like, we got settled, you know, as a band. Oh, it was 2019. Yeah, it was 2019 or 20. Yeah, it was 19. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was 2019 where you started putting live shows. Is that was that when you first started playing live shows? We started playing live shows with others, you know, with just the two of us in the band. Like it was just me and my guitarist. It was just the two of us, and we started playing live, like the live that you put up, the or, like the first live that you put out of first. That that was just the two of us, you know, uh, like me and my guitarist. Like we were touring with uh, like different drummers, like as much drummer as we can find. So that's how it was. It was just the two of us for the first beginning of the uh, retromus, yeah. Okay, and now if you could take us back to like that first show, because like you said, like you had no aspirations to play music. Your guitarist also had no aspirations to play music. So that was your very first show. Like, did it suck? Did you do a good job? Like, do you remember that well, first show? Well, I think you can already guess how the first show usually goes. <laughs> it was a disaster. <laughs> I couldn't scream for hell because it was my first time. 
I didn't really have stage fright because even though I wasn't a vocalist, even though I wasn't a singer, but I had stage experiences even as a kid. But I couldn't scream and we didn't have the band chemistry together because it was our first show. None of us had experience uh, playing guitar on stage or me singing on stage. So it was a total disaster. And the weird thing, just the opposite to what we stand for right now, it was a, it was a competition. It was a college competition. Oh. And we and we did the song Fuck the System in a College. <laughs> that is funny. So that first show was a complete disaster. Um, did you guys, did you feel discouraged or did you go back and practice harder? What was the next step of for you guys? Of course not. We wouldn't get discouraged. Oh my gosh. We're two stubborn people and we don't really get discouraged. And I don't know why. Like there's been so many... <laughs> So many setbacks when we started off Retromis, like we sucked, we got really bad com- like comments from people. Well, we got positive comments too, but then we got bad comments too. And then there were times when we would just, you know, hang and like hang out in my guitarist place and we would be depressed. Like, what are we going to do next? Where are we going to find a drummer? Like there were times when we feel really low, but no way we'd get up, uh, get up, would give up. Like, like whenever we get an offer for a show, we just try to wing it somehow, you know, to get someone as a drummer or to play. Uh, it, no, no matter what, you know, we would just try to do it. No way we were going to give up. What a great attitude. That's such a great attitude because bands have to do that. Artists have to do that. Everyone has to start somewhere, right? Like if you're, your first trial sucks and you give up, you're never going to try again. You're never going to get better. And like if you watch your Retro Miss videos now, you guys are amazing now. Even like here's the thing. The, the part that people see on stage, that's just a fraction of it. But the struggles that we had to go through, okay? And it's not the struggle that all the other bands face, okay? For example, like... We have college and stuff, and then we had to do shows even during uh, like a bond. There's a thing called strike, like where the vehicles don't run and there's a curfew. But we still had to go through all that, you know, to to appear for a show. I think it was for a gang talk show in the uh, in the year 2019, January, I guess. There was a curfew in Shillong, but we barely made through it, you know, just to, just for that show. And we stayed at the friend's place to jam, and my my guitarist, her parents, they don't know shit about it. Like she's toured all around Northeast and her parents don't know shit about it. <laughs> the way we pull it off, it's really funny. Like she'd, she'd, she'd tell her parents that she's at my place and we'd do video calls and then we'd put up some backgrounds to make, her see, make it seem like she's at my place. We do weird stuff just to just to play on stage. It's, it's really weird how can a like, bunch of people do that kind of crazy thing just to get on stage and... Uh, you know, say fuck the system, lol. But that, I mean, it sounds like to me that uh, the message and the purpose of your band and like how this is giving your life some meaning is so important that even if people are making fun of you guys or are saying really mean comments or whatever, you're like, I don't care. I really don't care. This is so important to me that I'll keep doing it no matter what. Yeah, so good for you. Here, here's the thing. I'm not sure if a lot of musicians can relate to this, but here's the thing. First of all, we have a purpose that we want to relate, uh, that we want to relay the message out there to the people. But the second thing is that we have fun doing it. We really love that. Like we have fun going on stage and doing that. We love playing it. So yeah, I guess that's one of the reasons why I'm more interested in that in the studies right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now with Retro Miss, after that friend helped you out um, and he started helping you play some shows, when you started playing shows more often, 
what was the reaction from the audience? Because you already said like there aren't a lot of girls playing heavy music in the scene that you're from. So what was the the first reaction from people? Were people encouraging? Were they more like you guys suck? Like when we first started off, there were a, there were a section of people who were supportive of us. Like they wanted us to keep on doing it and inspire more women to hit the stage and be vocal about things. And then there were a section of people who would not even consider us, us as musicians. They would just you know you know brush us off like oh they're just getting in because they're girls uh, they're just doing that show because they're girls uh, well the guitarist is just playing uh, like one string what the hell is she even playing and she is she even screaming like what the hell is she singing you know we get a lot of comments you know so it's it's uh, it's divided like there's a section that's supportive there's a section that's really mean and yeah and, and i think that's the case for any band so that's that actually sounds like a typical situation for many bands where some people will get it a lot of people won't get it and you can focus on this if you'd like or you can focus on that and just keep going straight and it sounds like you focus on the people that are supporting you or or it could be like you were saying you're like actually we didn't care if people supported us or not we were enjoying yeah. what we were doing and we found like yeah. we had a purpose it sounds it sounds more like that you're like i don't care if the audience gets us or not uh, i would say the the kind of music that's really popular in the region where we started that is in Guwahati, it's it's progressive metal, like this, the really complex stuff with odd time signatures, you know, re that requires really musical, uh, what's it called, expertise, etc. So when we first started off, nobody underst understood us. And so we were just looked upon as, you know, a bunch of musicians that were playing, you know, some messy stuff, I guess. Yeah, I, even in Hong Kong, that stuff is the like is probably the most popular type of heavy music. Is progressive metal or progressive metalcore? Anything that's very technical, people in Hong Kong love that for heavy music. So, fully, thank you so much for sharing all this other stuff that you've talked about with your community and your scene. One thing that I definitely want to hear about is what are some of the things that you in Retromis sing about? Because, like you said, it's the ideology of hardcore, so important. Punk rock, you learn so much from Crass. So I'm super excited to know what are some things that Retro Miss sings about? Okay, yeah, we are. We sing about a lot of things, but there's one thing that I like put a lot of focus on. It's this rule called the FSPA. It's Armed Forces Special Power Act. The act that gives uh, special power to the armed forces to arrest whoever they want or take even necessary, not necessary, brutal measures if they deem necessary. So... I really don't find it fair and I find it against uh, like the basic human rights, you know, to do that. It's against human freedom to do that. So like there's also been a lot of uh, stuff, like there's also been a lot of uh, bad incidents, I would say, yeah, that's happened because of the rule. I personally had one experience. My friend who was not necessarily a punk fan or anything, he just liked the style. So he had this mohawk and he was running around the, not running around, roaming around the market area with the hairstyle. So it was a time when there were like militants in our place. So so the armed forces kind of, you know, started checking on him if he had anything suspicious, you know, by thinking that he was the part of the militant community. So. Uh, he just asked one question to those people, he just said, Kya which means like, what happened, brother? And he just got slapped, you know, in public for that, just just for that, you know, and that's just one of the subtle incidents that happened. Like that's that wasn't even serious. He just got slapped, even though it's serious, but it's not as serious as it happened in other places. Like example, there were bombings too. like Mizoram was bombed in the year something, which I forgot. I'm, I'm really bad with dates. 
and then the people my my brothers my my father's uh, neighbor they died because they were called on for inspection at 3 a.m in the morning in the year 1990 or something like that it was the Sikh regiment because of the rule and then there were a lot of other incidents too you know where the armed forces would because they got power like a lot of people won't even talk about it if you look into the issues you know the, that that went, that happened in manipur like there were there were cases or there were the reports that the armed forces even raped a couple of women and they the are the women of manipur they protested you know naked because they found it unfair so a lot of things happened because of the rules so that's one specific thing that i really want to put my focus on and i really want this rule to be eradicated so that's the stuff that i really you know pay attention to when i write the lyrics for retromis wow thank you thank you so much for sharing that i had no idea about any of that stuff can you tell us the law what spell the law again what was it again it's AFSPA, Armed Forces Special Power Act. So yeah. one thing that hopefully when people are listening to this podcast, the first thing they do is go Google that. Google that so you know what's going on in the Northeast and you can support the people in the Northeast so that this stuff can be eradicated. And more. the more that the public is aware of it outside of India, hopefully there will be more pressure on the, on the government in the Northeast to, to get yeah. rid of this. And this has been around for a long time, you said, right? Yeah, yeah. 19, I think it was enacted in the year 1956 at first, if I'm not wrong. 1956, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, Armed Forces Special Power Act, 1956. Yeah, it's been in, ex- in existing since then. And yeah, it's a very terrible law. And well, a lot of stuff happened because of that. Even there was this another law called CAA. I don't want to talk about it because that's a really sensitive topic. Like it has diverse opinions, you know, for the law. But I'm personally, personally against the law because there's a lot of complication to it. Like people, if you don't understand, like the people, the people out here and the this, the stuff that the indigenous people have to go through too. It, I mean, I, I do appreciate that you being so honest. And you're right. The CAA sounds very complicated. And, you know, and, and as a Muslim myself, when I first heard about the CAA, I, I was devastated. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that anyone would even support it. That's how stupid Modi and his crew is, obviously. <laughs> but so, Fully, I, one other thing that I've always wanted to talk about with you or for people, anyone from India, is that you've told me that in the Northeast, that Central India, you have sensed or have felt or have heard about a lot of racism towards you. Because you look different, and they look different from the from the Central Indian people as well. So can you talk about that? Yeah, a lot of people don't talk about it. But here's the thing: racism is really in, in out there out here in India. So, uh, I'm not going to generalize the entire the entire population of Central India because there are people there are people who are nice towards us, who are accepting towards us, and they don't really uh, discriminate based on the facial structures or features. But there are a there are a section of people who are racist because they think we look different, and we are to be honest, we are kind of a little a little different. The one thing I can one incident that I can uh, narrate is that it happened very recently after the pandemic broke out. So a Manipuri girl was spat on because she was different. She looked different, and they, she was called Corona and Chinese because we kind of have those uh, features. I don't know if that makes me sound a racist. I'm not trying to be a racist, but yeah, because of that, like they call us chinky, they call us Chinese and uh, they do those kind of stuff. And there are a lot of other incidents too that I, that's not really coming in my head right now, but a lot of stuff has happened and racism is real. Although I'm not going to point everybody for that. 
Yeah, of course. Like you're saying, I mean, 1.2 billion people, you can't generalize that. But you're saying that they're, for a small contingent of people, they are very racist towards you because you guys look different. Now, is that because um, – sorry. Is that also Northeastern people that live in any part of India? They feel like they, they get that a lot? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not, uh, well, I can't speak for everybody. Maybe some people have it uh, a little better Maybe some people do, but I've heard from a lot of people who are who stayed outside for studies or other purposes that have come across at least one incident in their life where they've been subjected to racism. So, yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, it's, it's so sad to hear that that stuff exists. But uh, one thing I know that you've talked about before is with Retromis, you are hoping that this band is a vehicle to talk about these types of issues, these types of uh, things that you're dealing with, the racism, uh, the stuff about the law that you're talking about. So with Retromis, are, are you guys eventually hoping to go tour Central India? Because I think would be something that would be quite helpful to you guys. Yeah, definitely. I would tour Central. I would definitely love to tour Central India. Not not for other reasons, but for one reason is that like we need them to live peacefully. We can't really build this love. We can't really build this connection by separating ourselves. We have to put our hands forward for for us to live mutually, right? So that's why I would love to go and mingle out there with the people to know and to tell them, you know, that it hurts us and that we're not different. We're, we're all the same, you know, we're all human beings to any country that's like that just because we live differently. I mean, just because we look different. And, oh, another thing is that I would also like, I would also tell them to stop calling us junglies because we live in uh, less developed areas or, or discriminate us because we have different, you know, lives. I'm going to tell them all, you know, honestly, I'm going to be friends with them. I'm going to meet also the people who are nice towards us, you know? So yeah, I'd love to do that. Right. Because I mean, imagine how powerful it would be for women to be on stage playing heavy music. Everyone's getting into it. Everyone's having a really good time. And then you stop and you give them a speech about jungly and be like, you know, this term is, is so demeaning. It's so horrible for us to hear us hear when people call us jungly and stuff like that. It would be so powerful for you to do that. Well, yeah, I guess, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it sounds like my dear, you're doing an amazing job. Your band rules, everything that you do with your band, everything that you are, you've taken in through hardcore and learning about hardcore and learning about punk rock. You're putting it all through your band with the purpose that you want to inspire and educate everybody around you, which is such a great and powerful thing to do. To end this interview fully, because I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours, but we have to end it. <laughs> uh, to end this interview fully, what are some things that you or like last words that you want to share with the audience listening? Well, what I'd like to share is that we don't really learn everything all by ourselves. We learn stuff from people. We imbibe character. We imbibe opinions. We imbibe things from other people. So these are these are not the things that I learned all by myself. And these are not only my opinion. I've spoken to a lot of people about all these issues, about all this stuff, even about music. You know, I talk about about it with my guitarist and all the other people a lot. So one thing that I would love to, you know, like before I end this, I would love to give credits to this one person called Aditya Bakshi, who knows a lot of stuff about these things, you know, and I think one should really send him friend request and talk to him, uh, you know, and see, check out his posts, et cetera, and stuff and check out this page called the Indian decolonization or decolonial Indianism or something like that. I'm just going to put it on my social media after a couple of hours. So definitely needs to check out to see what's actually going on in the Northeast. 
And that's how I get my sources from, you know, and from people and from whatever I've suffered. So, and, and the thing is, and you don't, people who are watching this don't necessarily have to agree to everything that I've said. If I've said something wrong, they can come to me and tell me nicely, politely, I'll give it a thought, I'll listen to it. If I think what the, whatever they told me is wrong, I'm gonna you know, correct them or whatever, Just we could, we could have a discussion. So th that is the thing. And I want them to check out what's going on in the Northeast and in Hong Kong too, because I know Hong Kong is going through a lot of shit too. So like stand with Hong Kong, stand with Northeast, stand with what's right, stand with what's right and stand strong and don't be afraid to say what's wrong. That's what I want to say to the, all the people. And please support the musicians, support all the people. We have no idea what's what they have to go through just to make out all these things. And yeah, that's what I would like to say. Thank you very much, Fully, especially for someone from Hong Kong. Thank you very much for your kind words. Now, Fully, what I'll do is all the stuff that you just mentioned, those links, I'll put it in the description below, okay? Okay, okay. All right. That's it, Fully. Thank you so much for your time. Safe <laughs> travels. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. Thank you so much for having me. It's really, it's really been an honor. Thank you. That's it, everyone. We've come to the end of episode eight of the United Asia podcast. Huge thank you to Fully for being so open and candid and using this opportunity to really express herself on our podcast. I hope you definitely go check out Retro Mist. Hopefully, they'll be releasing some new music sometime soon. We She was able to give us a little bit of a, a clip of a song that they have recorded. I don't know when the official release of that track is or any music from the band, but please keep yourself up to date. Please go check out all the things that she was talking about so you can keep yourself informed of the plight of the people of northeastern India. See you next week. Peace.